live from the LA. It's the James Louie Show. I'm James Lumberger, your host. Thank you for coming and listening to this today's show. Thank you. Again, welcome to the James Louie Show. This is Thursday, September 6, 2018, episode 13. Thank you for joining us for today's show. supporters for today's podcast comes from anchor.fm and listener supporters just like you click for a donation today and while you're doing that subscribe today thank you well thank you thank you for joining us today and thank you for coming back I hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, before I get going here, I have a sad note to share with you all. Uh, the people in my second hometown, Lansing and East Lansing community, are saddened because today, actor Burt Reynolds died at the age of 82. It's confirmed by his agent, We still don't know a whole lot. The story is still developing. And when I find out more, hopefully I can get back to you with more of that. Um, So, if we can take a moment of pause so that we can just pray briefly for him. This guy brought a lot of entertainment and laughter to a lot of people. Okay, how I got into the music industry. (laughs) Like I said yesterday, I was in the music industry. Um, I wore a lot of different hats. Uh, Yesterday I talked about being a roadie and being into certain stuff like that. And then I moved up higher uh, in rank and I was hanging out with uh, the upper... I call it the upper management people. It's people that have more seniority because they they carried on over from the last ASMSU board, so they knew what they were doing. So what they did is uh, they put me. They still kept me in charge of uh, advertising. I did really good in that and poster distributions. I did really good with that. Um, I also helped some of the people do ad placements in uh, magazines or newspaper, local circulars, stuff like that. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to remember where I'm going from here. (laughs) I just got a lot of memory tonight. Oh, now another thing. My brother... Mind you, he came to me a lot when he was in the music industry. 
and he can vouch that I was in the music industry, so can a lot of other people and a lot of local DJs. Mind you, he has a foot locker full of t-shirts, posters, memorabilia, like uh, keychains, mugs, cigarette lighters, cigarette holders, whatever. Um, those he bought, but the t-shirts and the posters, well, I shouldn't say that, let me rephrase that. I gave him a couple memorabilias, but most of them he bought. But I gave him a lot of posters, I gave him a lot of t-shirts when we had stuff left over. Um, at times, some of the concerts that I got him approved to come into, um, my boss sometimes, not all the time, sometimes would say, tell you what, give him a t-shirt, let him wear it, because guess what, that'll be like free advertisement. Plus, I told my boss, I said, look, my brother's like a blabbermouth. If we give him tickets, guess what, he's going to talk about the show. And guess what? When he talks to his friends, his friends talk to his. I mean, he's more popular than I am. Uh, in his class, he was like uh, one of the persons top in his class because he was an all-star athlete. So a lot of people looked up to him. So anyhow, I got him into concerts. Uh, one or two times, I worked out a, a limousine package for him and some of his friends wasn't that wasn't too often just once in a blue moon I don't know if he remembers that but I, I got him that once or twice but for the most part I did get excuse me folks sorry I can't edit that out <laughs> um, I did get him and his friends tickets that were left over from radio shows. Sometimes we would have abundance of tickets and my boss would go, here here's like 15 or 20 extra tickets um, save some for yourself give some to your brother and uh, just give some of them out promotional so uh, my brother and his friends would come and have a blast my brother was excited. He used to tell his friends, look, my brother, he's in the music industry. He would come over to uh, the stage door and knock on the door and ask for me, and he would show me off, which I thought was kind of cool. And then from there, uh, he would go back into the stage. Uh, I'd say often I could get him backstage so I give him a backstage sticker for his jean. That's how he got back there. And then uh, <clears throat> he and I would hang out with some of the musicians and the bands. And I used to tell him, just act normal. Because if you start acting skittish and starstruck, they'll just ask you to leave. So then um, we uh, would hang out with some of them. Sometimes we even went out to dinner with them. My brother was amazed because at times uh, some of the artists, they wouldn't hang out in the dressing room, so they'd hang out in their bus before they go back to the hotel. So a couple of times uh, he and I would hang out 
on their tour bus and just drink a couple of brewskis and shoot the shit. Other times, uh, I got our approval from my boss. My brother would ride with me in the limousine. We'd go back to the hotel and hang out with him and chit-chat. And then uh, when the chauffeur would go back, I would have him take me and my brother back to drop us back off at Michigan State University, and then we'd walk home. But, yeah, that, that was fun. I miss doing that with my brother. But he can vouch. He's got a lot of stuff um, in his footlocker. Um, then I got graduated up to, uh, to, uh, the backstage, to, uh, helping with, uh, audio. Before the stage event would happen, before the concert would happen, um, I would sit there, and I got on the job training for three years, working on mixing boards and lighting boards so I can work a 116 track system uh, you know, I know how to pan left pan right fade in fade out uh, all that stuff uh, we would uh, work well, I would work along with the recording engineer and with that experience that I got in our community, I used to go around on the weekends and I bought my own cassette decks and I had two omnidirectional mics and each place would have an open mic night. So what I used to do is I used to go in and ask the owner if I could do a live recording. Half of them would let me do it free and the other half I'd pay $35. So I'd set up and I'd ask each artist, would you like to have a demo tape done? They're like, sure. And for 15 bucks, that's how much I charge for making a demo tape for each person. I would make a master and I'd sit there and make copies for the next two days. And then on Monday, I'd meet with them and give them their mix. So some of the unknown artists back then in East Lansing are now number one hits um, like a couple of groups already were on the radio and they were already dealing with the record label and they had an agent but some of them like Red Hot Chili Peppers and 10,000 Maniacs and a couple of other groups asked us to do a live recording no I didn't mind that what they should have done is given me recording engineer credit because guess what that was superimposed on some of their early albums as a live uh, concert even though they played in a cafeteria or I should say let me rephrase that a cafe or a bar setting but I ain't gonna go through that part so I just wanted to share that part which I thought was kind of unique to share um, and that's how I got started as a record label engineer because I did a recording for the group the 80s and uh, it got 2,000 albums vinyl albums printed and my name was on it 
So people in Lansing, Michigan that have those records, they're actually highly collectible now because the 80s group broke up, but two or three of them went on, and they now, all I know is they work for some of the biggest recording artists. I don't know which group they're with, though, because some of the band members left and some merged, so... I just wanted to share that part with you, but let me get back to where it was at with Pop Entertainment. So, I used to work with the guys, and some nights my boss would go, okay, I can handle the backstage, why don't you go over there? So, during the night, uh, I got to help doing the audio for for some of the concerts while they were doing uh, half the time when we did that stuff, we were doing live recording along with that group for HBO, MTV, VH1, and a couple of other uh, uh, video recording stations that showed uh, video shows like in the LA and New York area. I don't know the name of those because they were low on the totem pole, but they used to piggyback off of uh, MTV and stuff like that. So, I had great exposure. Um, that's how I got my foot in the door. Um, I got hired by Showtime on one event. I was They were paying me 75 bucks an hour to do uh, a unique task. And I'm not going give it, to give it away because I signed a contract for that position. But they couldn't find anybody to fill it. And I said, sure. So that night I made a lot of money. Um, but I'm just giving you ideas of what I was going through. These are actual life events. There's people in East Lansing, Michigan that can document this. There's still people at Michigan State that can still document that it was there. Because every time I did one of these uh, gigs, even though I was union, I had to sign in and sign out for work. Because that's another documentation way of how I got paid. I wanted to make sure it was working. So... I'm going to cut it short because tonight's on a night edition. So, and this is going live. So, I just want to say have a nice evening and come back tomorrow for tomorrow's episode. Thank you for listening. Please give us a rating or a comment in the views on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, because by doing so, that helps us stay on the air. Thank you. Please, we need your help. Give whatever amount you can afford for listener support. And at the same time, become a subscriber today. Thank you and come back tomorrow. Oh, thank you.